Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. Today's episode is a solo episode where I wanted to talk a little bit about our current state of health in the United States, and I want to talk about a really big buzzword in plant extract called berberine. Uh, I really, really like the supplement, and we'll talk about why, and it's become quite popular, and I've had patients come in and say, Kristen, I don't know if you've heard of this herb. It's called berberine, and I inside laugh because we've been using berberine for over a decade. It's a really, really great plant extract with a lot of benefits, but apparently it's blown up on TikTok, and I was reading an article that berberine is one of the most searched words on Google. Uh, It really started to peak in March up until May of 2023. So I wanted to first talk about where are we at as a a country. I think a lot of these statistics are not going to surprise you, but they're really important to understand why this is such an issue and how berberine is not going to be the magic pill, right? There's no magic pill, but how it could be supportive in some of the issues that we're seeing in the US. So we know, first of all, that more than two-thirds of the United States is overweight or obese. And there are so many variables and so many factors that go into this. It is not just what are you eating and how are you exercising. We have a lot of inflammation. We have really, really high stress jobs and lives and careers. And uh, I feel like stress is a big driver and cortisol and weight gain and blood sugar control. We really aren't prioritizing some of the healthy lifestyle behaviors. We're suffering from insomnia or staying up too late. We live in a very toxic world, right? We're filled with endocrine disruptors which are basically additives put into cleaning products and beauty products and plastics that really we know disrupt our hormones. That's the endocrine disruptor portion. And this obesity epidemic is really a big catalyst and driver of a lot of our chronic disease in the United States. We know fat tissue and fat cells can really cause more hormonal imbalances, which can slow down our metabolism even more. So fat cells make estrogen and store estrogen. So when our body composition starts to get off, it can really create this this domino effect where we start to become more inflamed, higher levels of estrogen, and it makes it harder and harder to lose weight. And I listened to a really great uh, podcast. I think it was on the doctor's pharmacy with Dr. Mark Hyman, and they were talking about how we've really shifted our focus on metabolism and that metabolism is not actually slowing down as we age, but that our body composition and some of our fat cells and fat tissue is hindering our metabolism from working. So it's actually a body composition issue more so than a slowed metabolism. And then that leads to a bigger conversation around why are we becoming very inflamed? Why are we gaining weight? And of course, our food industry is not helping, right? The sugar, the additives, the dyes, the processed food, foods have been touched by humans a hundred times before we consume them. The ingredient lists are so long that you don't even know what you're putting in your body anymore. I have to look on Google half the time to figure out what this new thing is that's appearing. And marketing and scientists are very smart. So when there is a hot word, right? Like, 
BPAs. They can write BPA free, but then use a different additive and plastic that may have just as big of a negative impact on our health, but we've now clued into BPAs. And that's what makes it really challenging. And that's why I really talk about, let's simplify this, right? Let's focus on foods that have been touched by humans the least, that have the smallest ingredient list, right? Broccoli is broccoli, chicken is chicken, eggs are eggs. And then we can get into more of the quality of those foods. But just starting incorporating more whole foods is so important because we have to start working on this obesity epidemic that we're in, this more than two-thirds of the U.S. being overweight or obese. And I really think this is where some of the GLP-1s, the Ozempic, the Wagovi, these drugs have become so life-changing for so many people and including some of my patients who have tried everything to lose weight and it's the first thing that worked. And as they start losing weight, their inflammation is coming down. Their liver enzymes are improving. Their cholesterol is coming down. Their hemoglobin A1C is improving. They're moving out of the diabetic range. And I really think one of the big drivers and, and benefits in doing that is when the risk outweighs the con, right? Or the risk outweighs the benefit. For most of our patients, there's a lot of benefit in getting out of that obesity spot to get into a more healthy weight and then we can come off it. So I'm not opposed to these GLP ones for the right person and the right patient. And we do prescribe them. Um, but we tend to have a very different approach. Our goal is not how fast can you lose weight? It's really, you know, one to two pounds a week, very slow, sustainable weight loss that you're going to keep off. Right. I've heard my patients talk about the Ozempic skin, you know, where people are losing weight so fast and you can tell that their skin hasn't caught up. And that is never our goal, right? It's slow and steady weight. It's using it as a tool along with the lifestyle changes focusing on the quality of the foods we're eating, eating whole nutritious ingredients that our body can recognize. But again, if you've tried everything and you're in this obese space and you have a lot of these comorbidities, again, inflammation, high cholesterol, prediabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, PCOS, these injectables can really make a big difference. But the purpose of this podcast is not just to talk about that because uh, we have a lot of other options in the space. And we really like to exhaust all of our options before we move to some of the injectables. But again, our approach at Stat Wellness is such an individualized approach in meeting our patients where they're at and hearing their whole story and looking at all of their labs and nothing is black and white, right? I think as healthcare providers, we cannot get into the black and white, never use pharmaceuticals, always use natural, never take hormones, only take hormones. We have gotten in this state of very black and white and fragmented. And we need to remember that we're all as unique as a fingerprint, right? So what works for one person may not work for another. And we have to identify all of the risks and all of the things they've tried and meet patients where they're at. And that's our goal at Stat Wellness. So we talked about the obesity and really overweight state that we're in in the United States. And it's not just what are we eating and how are we exercising. It's the quality of our food. It's the inflammation. It's our toxic load. That's something that I touched on a little bit, but toxins are fat soluble. So our toxic world is getting stored into our fat cells and that's also making it harder to lose weight, right? These are fat soluble toxins that our body is not clearing and storing and hanging on to, which drives up inflammation and immune system issues. But in addition to the weight, we also know one in three adults in the United States has prediabetes. And prediabetes is really based on what's called a hemoglobin A1C. That's a three-month average of blood sugar control. And anything above 5.7, so really 5.7 to 6.4 is prediabetic and above 6.4 is diabetic. And so we know one in three people in the United States is prediabetic. And over 11% of the population is truly diabetic. And that is a hemoglobin A1C above 6.4, right? That's where we're starting to get 
really thick, high sugar blood that's starting to damage organs, prevent wound healing, increase risk of yeast overgrowth, damage our brain. You know, we're looking at Alzheimer's and dementia as what we call type three diabetes. When our blood sugar levels are spiking to these dangerous levels, they're impacting our actual brain health. And we also look at in the United States, about 24%, almost a quarter of our population has non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And a lot of these things, the reason I bring up the prediabetes, the diabetes, the non-alcoholic fatty liver, the overweight, obese, these are things that may not be easy to shift, but there are things we can work on that are going to improve our quality of life and decrease our risk of other diseases down the road. So that is where I'm coming at when we get into this conversation of berberine. So berberine is a plant extract. And like many plant extracts, you have to get a really good quality berberine to get the best absorption. And they're starting to look at some research studies on what's called berberine phytosomes to increase absorption. And phytosomes basically is the berberine extract bound to a phospholipid and pea protein that actually help our body be able to absorb it more effectively. And um, Thorne is one of the uh, supplement companies that we use at StatWellness are really high quality. And I'll link this in the show notes, but they've actually released a berberine that is higher doses and really well absorbed because it's a combination of the berberine phytosomes plus the botanical um, extract. So you get both the berberine extract and the berberine phytosomes. So I'll link that because I do think absorption does matter um, and doses. So as we talk about some of these studies, it's anywhere from 500 milligrams twice a day to five grams. I'll tell you for us at stat, pretty much the highest dose we ever put anybody on is 1500 milligrams or 500 milligrams three times a day. But there's a lot of benefits in berberine for heart health, blood sugar, fatty uh, liver, uh, PCOS. So I wanted to talk about some of the studies on those. So one study that I think is just fantastic was a randomized uh, study of over 180 people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And they divided them up into three categories. So they had a group that just made some lifestyle changes. They had a group that made lifestyle changes and berberine. And then they had a pharmaceutical group. And they put them on the study for 16 weeks. So I think that's one of the really important things as we think about berberine or natural things that we add into a healthy lifestyle, it's not going to work in two weeks, right? So you can't be like, hey, I'm in the pre-diabetic range or diabetic range and take berberine for a week and then expect to see big changes with your continuous glucose monitor or things like that. Like I normally tell my patients plan on three to four months before we even reevaluate any data points. But the study was done over 16 weeks and they measured several different markers, including um, hepatic fat content or liver fat content, where liver enzymes were at, glucose, insulin, all of these markers. And they found that the group that was on berberine had a 57.2% decreased liver fat compared to the lifestyle group, which is at 36.4%. So we actually know like lifestyle does make a huge difference with non-alcoholic fatty liver. But if we take lifestyle and we pair it with berberine, um, and again, this one was 500 milligrams three times a day, you could have a liver fat decrease of up to 57.2%, which is really significant in just a 16-week period. So if you've ever had elevated liver enzymes, maybe you've done an ultrasound and they found some uh, liver fat on the ultrasound, 
it may be worth trying berberine for three to four months and repeating those liver enzymes and seeing what difference we what you see. Um, and I'll also link that study on here as well. The other big thing that we use berberine for is PCOS. We have seen really significant improvements with really two things with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I have a whole episode on PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. But the two that I see to work the best is inositol and berberine. I think those work so well at helping to regulate blood sugar, improving uh, sex hormones, and helping with ovulation and fertility. But this was a really small study that was done that looked at 12 women that struggled with weight and also had PCOS, and they put them on berberine 550 milligrams twice a day for 60 days. Um, And they saw some really good improvements in insulin levels, fasting blood sugar, that deep visceral fat, and acne um, over a 60-day period. So we know that this berberine can really make a big difference. And they've actually found in another study when they looked at berberine in the same kind of PCOS population, this study was much larger looking at 120 women. But it's interesting, they actually found berberine was superior for sex hormone balance. Sex hormones is like testosterone and estrogen, sex hormone binding globulin, some of these things we look at with PCOS, uh, and lipid balance. And then myoinositol, which is the other one I was referring to that we use a lot, was actually better for insulin sensitivity. So I feel like when you combine berberine with inositol, you get really good sex hormone bonding, sex hormone uh, balance lipid balance and insulin sensitivity when you combine the two of those together based on research. The other thing that I wanted to touch on with berberine is it can help with cholesterol. So they put people on berberine for a six-month period, and this study did 500 milligrams twice a day for three months. Uh, and they kind of alternated in some lifestyle behaviors with diet and exercise, you know, some of these periods where they took berberine, didn't take berberine, but they really found a good drop in cholesterol um, after three months of berberine. They saw the total cholesterol and the LDL cholesterol, um, which I always think LDL lousy, HDL healthy within reason. We're now learning about HDL resistance that maybe it's not all good. There can be HDL dysfunctional cholesterol. But for the purpose of this, we'll talk about LDL as lousy cholesterol and triglycerides. They saw those significantly decrease with just three months of 500 milligrams of berberine twice a day. So if you guys are looking at improving liver health, if you're looking at improving blood sugar control, if you're working on PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, maybe you've been diagnosed with high cholesterol, maybe you've done a body scan. If you're a patient of ours at Stat Wellness, we do in bodies on all of our patients, not because we want to keep putting the number on the scale in their face. We actually try to move away from that. The number on the scale is not an indicator of our health at all. I don't care if you weigh 150 pounds or 250 pounds. What I do care about, though, is our visceral fat, our body fat percent, and how much muscle mass do we have. So composition is really what's going to indicate um, it play a role in our longevity and disease prevention. So forget the scale, forget the number that you weigh, get into more of the important data points around our composition. But if you're looking at some of those things, I really think berberine is a very, very safe thing. And I think what's cool about berberine is we've been using it for really decades as an antimicrobial. We've used berberine to help with yeast overgrowth. We've used berberine to help with small intestines bacterial overgrowth. 
And I really find it interesting, and I'm still looking at all the data, data, but it seems to have a really high affinity for the bad bugs in our belly versus getting rid of the good probiotics. I think that's one of the things a lot of people in the functional medicine space started to wonder is, hey, are we putting on patients, patients on berberine for too long? Is it getting rid of the good bacteria in their gut because of it being a natural antimicrobial, because it helps with SIBO and yeast overgrowth? Are we destroying too many of the good bugs? And a lot of the small studies that are out there and a lot of people that are in the functional medicine space where we're testing our patients gut microbiomes, we're looking at stool analysis and seeing how much good bacteria they have. We're really finding that it's actually getting rid of the bad, the dysbiosis, but it seems to not get rid of a lot of the good bacteria as long as we're eating high fiber, um, nutrient dense food that feeds the probiotics in our gut. So Kind of interesting that if you've dealt with yeast overgrowth and some of these other symptoms, that can be really uh, beneficial. The other thing, kind of just ending this, because I know I talked a little bit about the injectables, is berberine has been shown to increase GLP-1, which is what a lot of these medications do that support weight loss. So we're still getting more and more data on the GLP-1s. And I'm looking for a study, if any of you guys have read one, that compares berberine use with you know, low-dose Ozempic or Wagovi or some of those other medications. And I'm interested to see what improvements we see in insulin levels and hemoglobin A1Cs and visceral fat. Um, maybe that's a study that we'll do at Stat Wellness. But I do think that you know if you don't tolerate the GLP-1, Maybe you don't want to do the injectables. You know, maybe you're having side effects from them. Maybe you don't meet the criteria to be on these um, because they're not for everybody. Berberine could be another option, along with really taking an exam- examination of our life of how's the quality of our food. Are we eating whole foods? Are we prioritizing sleep? Are we strength training? Let's not out supplement a bad diet or out medicate a bad lifestyle. Right. There is no magic pill. There is no magic bullet. It's really supplementing the healthy behaviors. So I can't stress that enough. But we've got to look at switching these risk factors that we face. And if you guys want to take a deeper dive into your actual levels, where your body composition's at, like please come see us at Stat Wellness. We do free 15-minute consults to see how we can help you. But This really is um, such an exciting time in science where we're starting to take a little bit of a proactive approach. We always have in functional medicine, but even cardiologists are starting to talk about, hey, let's dig deeper than a traditional lipid panel. Let's look at LP little a, let's look at APOB, let's look at the oxidized LDL. Let's dig deeper than the basic things our physical used to cover, right? Like a standard lipid panel, our kidney function, our liver function. We know it's time to dig deeper. Our health is not, uh, we're not in a healthy state. And healthcare for a long time has really been looked at as sick care. And I really think there's a good, good place for functional medicine and integrative medicine and someone that's willing to take a really, really deep dive and understand some of the imbalances deeper and also just not settle for normal, right? Like, we don't want a hemoglobin A1C at 5.6, which is 0.1 away from being pre-diabetic and be told everything is great. And to have that first conversation around what are you eating and how are you exercising? How's your stress? What's going on with sleep? Being when you get into the pre-diabetic zone, we really want to be preventative. So reach out to us at 404-254-5905 is Stat Wellness's number. Um, always reach out to me at Kristen uh, at statwellness.com or hello at drkristenoja.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. And I really hope you guys enjoy these episodes. I always find the ones I do by myself even harder than interviews because I don't make notes. I just talk. Um, so I apologize for any of the rambling and I love doing these. 
And I really appreciate you tuning in and making it all the way till the end. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.